Yo, just want to take a sec to give a big shout to my people at Wide Roots Imports. The role of a good wine importer is to tell the story of the land that the wines are from. Wide Roots does that in a very judgment-free way. They're an educational resource for people that are new to wine, and if I'm rocking with them, you know they keep some fire on deck. Right now, bringing in wines from Spain and Italy. For more info, go to WideRootsLLC.com now. This is a moment in wine and hip-hop. Brought to you by Crew Love. Blending wine and hip-hop at the highest level. Wine and hip-hop. Yo. Wine and music. Yo. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the, the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man Jermaine Showtime Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine, aka the Zara Vibes, aka Young Thanos. I'm with a legend right here, guys. I got my dog, Grant Reynolds. Cheers, Grant, man. how you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm feeling really good. Thanks thank for, you. Thanks for coming over. Man, thank you for inviting me to your home. We at the crib right now. We in NYC. Um, this is this is a dope night, man. And this podcast has been a long time coming. It has been. You know, it, it, it's it's long overdue. Two I've had... People. Yeah, really busy. I've, I've <laughs> definitely... You've definitely served... Put me on to some great wine over the years. Oh, thank you. So, um, you know, it's good to, to be chilling, chopping it up about That's some it. good wine, over some good wine. Yeah, we got some <laughs> fun stuff to drink. <laughs> so we are home with Grant right now, but um, we gotta we gotta introduce you to our our hip hop audience. I like to put my hip hop people on to my wine people. Uh-huh. So I ask everyone who their rap spirit animal is. Yeah. So if you could pick an artist that describe your your style and your spirit what artist would that be oh yeah i know like i was saying earlier this um this kept me up at night for <laughs> for, for a couple of weeks thinking about it but it was it was good i you know i'm happy you start to think a lot about yourself mm-hmm. and a lot about um of course hip-hop artists etc there was a few where i was like oh i really like his music but he did this thing, so I might not want to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't I, relate to him. Yeah, that much like anymore. I can't. Like ODB. Like I just like, <laughs> not gonna stop the Grammys. No, we're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. You know, it 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 got me thinking, and of course, thinking of like who um, I would, who I look up to, who I'd want to become, and etc. Too. But um, I think. I would say like, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't have like the swagger that he has by any means. So you can learn that that about me, but um, (laughs) I think like early Pharrell, Mm. N-E-R-D. that era and you know what he's um 
transition to, and the reason I say that is I think he's somebody who um, early on, I always loved how uh, diversified his interests were. Yeah. Right? And um, nowadays, you know, he's like got a cool hotel down in Miami. Um, he's, of course, like skateboarding for me was, was a big part um, of my life growing mm -hmm. up and uh, all my friends and everything that was like who um, yeah we wanted to wanted to be and to, to blend all of the different um, and you know obviously he's gone on to do much bigger things since then but um, I don't know I think Pharrell's got I, I can see Pharrell good taste still like he's you know not uh, yeah like I, I, I can't say it. Pharrell's super famous, right? But um, you know, I would never consider myself like one of the legends. I can't go out there. And Yo, say, you a you I a legend in the game out here, that. man. Listen, you know you you're you're raising a, a whole new wine industry with everything that I you're doing your, your contributions. Yeah. I, I can I can see some Pharrell. I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> And I, I heard him say one night, um, and I, I overheard this conversation, Pharrell, if you watch us, excuse me for blowing up your spot, um, <laughs> is he said, and I have a weird, I kind of have a weird name, right? And he said um, something, he got, he did a deal with American Express to where on his credit card, it just says Pharrell. And he was like, it's me. <laughs> Bono and Oprah are the only three people. <laughs> they only have one name on on the credit card, and so I have a hard name to 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 forget. But I feel like that's where you really you really make it in life is if you are the only. That's you own your word. That is some baller. That that's that's not even baller shit. That's like a, it's past being a baller. That's just. I don't even know what what to call that. That's yeah. that's a different level. Like who do you, you even say speak Bono? To? You don't get confused. Yeah, nah, you know, you know who Bono is. You know <laughs> what he wants. Oprah, of course, has two names, but that's crazy. You know, like, like so, props to American Express. Too. Yeah, nah, yeah. shout out to them for seeing <laughs> yeah. the vision. You know, it's like what are they gonna do when the real McLovin comes around? You it's know what I'm true. saying? Like this, then it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> you know. But yeah, man, I like I always you I know you are a a big music fan. Like I always I am, think you yeah. a big music fan. Like if you were to think about a song, like I feel like we all kinda have a song that takes us somewhere, you know, takes us somewhere to a point in our life. Yeah. Some a song that's like special to us. If you could pick a song that transports you somewhere, where does it take you and, and what song is that? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, you know, that's that's a good question. I think for me, there's certain um, artists. I tend to nowadays. Um, there's so much great music out there, and so yeah. easy to listen to that. There's certain artists that bring me back to like periods in life that then I'll spend the rest of my day having nostalgia over. And I think you know, for me, like my. I forget the name of the company, but there was this company that for a little while you could buy the first 10 CDs you got cost like a dollar. Oh, Columbia House? Yeah, Columbia. Oh yeah, Columbia House <laughs> still looking for me, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> and it's so, still looking, man. <laughs> I did that. I was like 12 years old, and I had, I had like, I got, I was like, hip hop. Like this was before you could download music on the internet and everything, yeah. right? And I grew up in a really small town in upstate New York, and I was like, cool. I was like, I got. Biggie, I, I got Tupac, I, got, I was like, I got all these things, and my mom opened up the package. I got all the classics. I was like, I need to, I need to listen to this stuff. I need to learn it. And I got all of the, my mom opened up the package before I did, and I have the sweetest, coolest mother, but she was not down that day for whatever reason. <laughs> and I had the explicit oh, yeah. signature, and she threw away all but I think for me you know early um, like Outkast uh, Farside MF Doom Mm. um, you know uh, of course like Tribe Called Quest all of those um, er, those artists in like you know we were talking about it you know mid 90s late 90s um, early 2000s hip hop where for me like my outlet in so many ways and i remember when um i got uh asked to open up charlie bird with robert who um you know on the surface isn't a guy who you would think would really be into hip-hop right he's like six foot two guy that always wears super bespoke beautiful clothes he's one of my best friends so i can give him a little bit of a hard time <laughs> but where he was like I'm really into hip-hop and he knows a lot about hip-hop and right. he's really into hip-hop I was like well, I'm really into hip-hop too and for me and I think we shared this experience of it was like it opened up growing up in I think a really small remote um, town beautiful town it for me it opened I was learning about all these like cultures and learning about other people in a way um, that you know, for me, it was so interesting. Right. And, and provide, I was like, I got to move to the city. I got to move to New York to experience, like, what these people are talking about. So you it was know, like hip-hop that talking. made you want to move to New York? I think so in a lot of ways. Or just the culture of the energy of New York, not even right. the culture of it, right? Like, I think, you know, you grow up in, like, a small town in the woods. You either are, like, frightened of the city or you're like, that's that's the goal right right yeah and for me like I, if I have one goal in life if you ask me as a kid you're like what like what do you want to be what do you want to do I was like I had no idea and I don't think I ever really like chose one thing but I was like I'm gonna move to New York it's someday yeah. I'm gonna live in New York um, and nowadays like I don't think I'll ever not live in New York Mr. But New yeah, York right I now, think, man. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But um, how did you? How did you and Robert meet? I met Robert. So um, I met Robert through a guy that I worked with in Boulder, Colorado, where I went to college, named Bobby Stuckey, mm. um, who's um, I would say Robert and him have been like my two great mentors in, right. in restaurants and in in life um and they bobby disposed of me to uh, <laughs> to robert but i had told i was living in boulder where i went to college and i was just anxious to get out of there and and try to um i grew up as a you know in upstate new york where my mom's at and i wanted to to 
find a way to live in the city. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'm getting out of Boulder. Is there anyone in New York that like I can connect with to try to get a job? Um, and Bobby owns you know, Frosca, a really great restaurant there. And, and uh, he said, yeah, he's like, you talk to Robert Poor. And like, <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of people have had that in the wine world, which is super small, as you know, have had that experience with him of like, he's the guy that got people a job, yeah. you know, connect, uh, Thomas from the Nomad, but it, yeah. he, he set him up when he first moved to New York, I think. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that, um, he was kind of the guy at that point, he wasn't working in a restaurant, but, um, him and Ryan had already started Charlie, but the idea of Charlie Bird was already brewing and they had signed a lease on a space. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I think I want to work in fine dining. I think I want to, you know, try to work at Danielle or EMP, um, per se. Like I interviewed at all these spots trying mm -hmm. to get my foot in the door there. And he called me, he was like, Hey, like, I know you want to do this, like four star fine dining thing, but that shit's not really that much fun. If you want, I'm going to open up a restaurant with, um, this guy, Ryan, who's an awesome chef from Aspen, who I had known because Aspen and Boulder, the communities were so tight. Yeah. He's like, it's going to be way more casual. I promise you, you're going to drink great wine and we'll have fun and we're going to play hip hop. And do you want that job instead? And I was like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that, yeah, that's how, that's how wow. I got to know Robert. That's, know. that's real, man. And it was like what Charlie Bird did was so revolutionary at the time man like not everybody's doing that shit it, like what was your impressions coming in like did you say this is gonna work great or were you like i don't know about this no i gotta give those guys credit like they like stuck to their guns and there was a lot of moments i don't know how it popped up but recently i read one review um that really like it they got we got blasted early on for for playing like hip hop too loud or playing tracks that weren't edited or mm. I was listening to Charlie, you know, like the Wu-Tang skit, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, things like and that. Feeding like, you, and feeding you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I listened to that as like a 13 year old and thought it was like the baddest thing I ever. Know, right? <laughs> like, I can't serve, you know, whatever. And so there were definitely some moments where I, I will say like we missed because you're like, all right, well maybe it's like five o'clock. We don't need to be yeah. playing. It just doesn't forget about like vulgarity, etc. It just wasn't the energy in the room. But right. um, I think I was, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't so much of a skeptic that I didn't jump on board. Um, but I went all in. I was like, you know, I think we, we, we had this, this sort of philosophy early on that I always, I still, I try to apply it in everything I do now is, um, you know, at the time I had just come from, um, ultimately being like a, an intern at Noma in Copenhagen, which at the time was the best restaurant in the world. Um, and the energy there was fucking crazy. Mm. Right. And so crazy how like, just like it felt like at that moment, they were the best restaurant in the world. Copenhagen was becoming this like 
wild, this was 2012, wild like food destination. And when I showed up there, I, for the first time, I was surrounded by young people who were all taking themselves like super seriously mm. and were super motivated in restaurants, which is a hard thing to find in restaurants, right? And I think that's why like there's um, teams and like legacy of chefs or whatever. Right. There's these moments of where there's, you know, just everybody is like engaged. That is like, I mean, from an outsider, you could be like, it's like cult-like or whatever. But for me, it was like super thrilling to be a part of a team to where everyone from like the dishwasher who's the most serious guy who's now a partner in the business to all the cooks to everybody on the floor mm. was like this is our thing we're gonna be the fucking best and we're gonna do we're gonna like change the game and for me i at frosca you know bobby brought that energy in a small town in, in colorado um but at Noma in particular, I was like, whoa, these guys are, everybody's working super, super hard. You know, people are like tapping out, like I can't work here anymore. It's yeah. too much left and right. And then there's a core group of people. I was only there for, um, you know, a couple of months, but there was this energy around fine dining and you still, you have that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I never worked at 11 Madison Park, but I think a lot of that um, culture there you know was for better or for worse is like what brought them to be the best restaurant in the world right. and i remember when we opened up charlie bird in my mind i was like what we're trying to do is harness all of that like hard work all of that attention to detail into an experience to where if we weren't in a pandemic you and i would be hanging out just having a conversation right mm -hmm. and, and then how to make that experience so special without being in your face without like having the food turn into like yeah. smoke and whatever. That wasn't the idea, but it was like, how do we just, there's a lot that can be done within trying to make somebody's experience really special, even if the experience is something that otherwise might just be ordinary. Right. And so for me, like those guys had real chops. Robert, of course, at that time, I'm a Rajat Park who, um, for me, I, I had met him at Frostbite. He was somebody who um, I, yeah, I really looked up to and I part, you know, whatever. The, the, any like professional success that I've had has, I wholeheartedly say is because of the people that I knew and being in the right place in the right time. Right. But Raja, I remember saying, I was like, hey, I need to like taste wine. I need to taste old wines. I need to learn about um, Burgundy. I need to learn about these things. and. And um, he was like, you got to move to New York. And he was like, and there's only like, at the time, like Danielle was kind of the only restaurant that, and you know, that at least he said, he was like, you're, if you want to taste like all the great old stuff, like you got to get a job at Danielle mm -hmm. um, or you got to find a way to work with Robert because he drinks. <laughs> he drinks he's got, shit. he's got, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, you know, has that knowledge and, and that basis. And so for me, I was like, okay, cool. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta either work there or I gotta work there. Um, and I, I, you know, ended up doing that. But I think that for me, like I was, I treated learning about wine as it, like, you know, it was an obsession, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta taste this stuff. I have to 
get in there and you know try to gain as much knowledge as possible as a relatively like young person you can't i was like i'm never gonna know what 1982 vintage tasted like yeah <laughs> right like when it was released because i wasn't born yet but i gotta figure out like what it tastes like now so i can articulate that to people who are much older than me and whatever but, right and yeah. you you made the transition from um from restaurants into retail yeah so and you actually did this pre-pandemic so pre-pandemic <laughs> i did uh, <laughs> how did you make that transition how and why did you make that transition you know i think what i've what i was thinking of is i always wanted to find and 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 i think the pandemic has shown restaurants this opportunity um is was like how do i take uh my skill set and my knowledge and um apply that to something that isn't within the confinements of like just restaurant service right? and i was like okay i you know i studied like art and languages in college I'm wine is my thing. Like, that's what I got to lean into. What is it that I can try to do to, uh, extend myself, like beyond a brick and mortar restaurant. Mm. And some of like our friends, you know, will go out and make wine project, right. Mm. Or they'll do, um, be whatever. They'll, they'll have like a glassware line or have like a product around their, um, their name or their restaurant or their, their thing. And, and what I thought um, we'd do and, and, you know, wasn't just me, but is uh, try to say like, okay, we, people really like like the wine experience in our restaurants. Why don't we try to apply that to a retail model? Um, and the idea with that was always like, instead of having everything for everybody um, is being experts in the space and having some you know we use the term curation all the time but yeah. like having a curated distilled wine e-commerce experience um was like i don't know, just an idea like, cool we got access to a bunch of wine <laughs> people are telling us that they like the wines that we choose right let's try to um have them have it at, at home and so yeah pre-pandemic parcel was you know in a lot of ways like my side hustle um but was always, you know, the uh, business that I was really excited about. I mm. grew up working in restaurants. I love restaurants so much. Um, but for me, I was I was ready. I was curious about, uh, yeah, just another rhythm, another exercise. And so, retail was that. Retail scratch. Yeah, man. Scratch scratch is the itch of like. Itch. I'm. I had a full. If I was ever confident in, you know, my abilities in a restaurant um retail is freaking hard too. yeah like it, yeah it's, it's no it, joke it's no joke <laughs> it's humbling retail so i give a lot of respect to all those who, who've done it for um for a while it's working in a restaurant is definitely not easy but uh the retail thing is it's a, it's a hustle too it's but. a grind man it, it is a grind like what is some of the um some of the headaches that because I feel like a lot of the people that are watching this, uh, 
you know, either young budding entrepreneurs or people that are just really interested in the space. Yeah. So like coming into retail, I feel like there's like all any business that you, any new business that you come into, there's all these problems that you didn't know exist. Yeah. Until you're in the shit. <laughs> so both feet yeah. are stepped in it. Like what are some of those things that, that you feel people should be, uh, should be aware of? About. That's good. Um, I mean, I'll just think like rattle off the, the today I had um, a meeting with a packaging designer. Oh, yeah. That was a to fun. talk about like boxes. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> what? And I was like, I know about wine. Like, I don't know anything about boxes. <laughs> but now the last like few weeks, I've like consumed myself over trying to figure out, you know, I, I care about design. I care about um, the way things like feel and look, but I was like, I'm like obsessing over box prices. Yeah. Right. Because like, <laughs> we look at like last year, how much money we spent on boxes. I was like, Holy shit. Like that's a lot. Yeah. There's like, there's something on the table here. <laughs> I want that money in my pocket. I don't want that on boxes. Right? right. But you think, yeah, there's like little things like that. And, and, um, my, you know, somebody picked up, the business cards that we first had printed right after I had that box meeting and it kind of spiraled. The business cards when we first had printed were like um, this letterpress, mm. like gold foil. They were like, you hand them the business card and you're like, whoa, that... <laughs> like <laughs> feel like you just got the golden ticket. Yeah, they're like, wow, that is a really nice business card. But in my mind, I, like, we were th I, don't, I wasn't thinking about, oh, maybe we got to hand out 10,000 of those business cards, right? Because back then, like when we first started the business, we didn't. Yeah. And now we're putting, not saying we're doing 10,000, but you're putting, you you might, that one decision you made may um, bet on yourself, it may multiply at some point. And mm -hmm. so I think like, I'm happy that we have very nice things, but now you look back on it and you're like, oh wow, that decision over the course of a year, even if it's really, really seemingly really, really small, the difference of like, whatever, 50 cents to 60 cents, Yeah, you compound that over the course of the year. And that's the thing with retail that I think, um, it's like, uh, an exercise of nickels. Whereas <laughs> in like, in the restaurant, we, you would have, you know, restaurant business is the same sort of thing, but you have these sometimes we'd have nights where somebody would come in and it could change our whole week right mm. they buy a big bottle of wine and we're like cool <laughs> like all right we shut well for two days guys. thank you you know <laughs> and and, it, and it, you know there's other problems too but um i think you know obviously now restaurants like are the, you know the the world is against them operating but it's crazy it's just terrible but it's you know it's it's the reality that, um, yeah, it's just a different, a different thing. And I will say, um, we were, we early on, cause we had such a small space, like it's not much bigger than where we're sitting now. The, the, the shop was, um, we had to figure out, uh, delivery and the internet. And I think obviously, you know, really since COVID started, everybody's talking about e-commerce and yeah. internet and all those things but i would say you know 
learn about that stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah. That's what the, my, the, my last year has been learning all the Get things that. that I was like, I had no idea that I needed to, you know, uh, I, I knew that maybe we had to figure it out, but I had no idea how, you know, important Google was or how oh, important man. like SEO, SEO and all, that, all that stuff. So all that fun shit. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great though. I'm, I'm really grateful to, um, and super fortunate to have had that business. And, and I think, you know, more excited now, professionally speaking than I've, than I've probably ever been. It's, yeah. it's like, uh, had a career change. Yeah, seriously. And it's, it's funny because like, you know, so drinking we saw, the foyer now. Oh yes. We are drinking the, um, 2016 foyer Bourgogne Blanc currently available at Parcel, Parcel One, in the Wine and Hip Hop Vino Three Pack as well. <laughs> Hit us up. Go to wineandhiphop.com. Go to support the show tab and support the show. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> okay, we can. We'll we'll do another uh, commercial for ourselves. Nice. In between. No. You, you know, the, the the audience knows. I plug all day. They're, they're, they're cool. Good, they're man. cool with my plugs. No, they're good. They're good. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny. So, like, we, we touched on it a little bit, but, like, you made the transition from restaurant to retail. I did, yeah. Much, um, before, and now there are a lot of people that are making that transition. There are, yeah. Like, there, are, we talked about how the restaurant industry has just been, like, decimated by the whole COVID situation. Like, yeah. you don't know when whether you can open. Like, there's so many people that are just rethinking their careers right now yeah um what advice do you have for people that are making that transition like from restaurants to retail you know when you first came into it the fact that you started the podcast in 2016 yeah right i i almost i almost started a podcast pre-pandemic with, with and and now i would be like everybody has started a podcast now. Yeah. Right. But you, you, you started something and it's this snowball effect, right? And you're like, you just kept doing reps and didn't give up on whatever that idea was. Mm -hmm. Right. And in 2016, like talking about wine and hip hop, that was, yeah. I think before, you know, things really started like blowing up yeah. in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but you, you stuck to it and you grinded it out and then the snowball gets a little bit bigger and right. you know, you're just constant, um, grind is that I would say at least right now in our industry, whether that be food, wine, hospitality, whatever it is, is I, I do believe that there's so much opportunity for creativity, especially now within that, that any idea mm -hmm. is worthy of, like going bust on mm, right and yeah. i think you just have to like i got crushed today it was a hard day tomorrow yes the day yesterday was a great day yeah we you know we crushed it and, <laughs> and sometimes it gets crushed it gets crushed whatever <laughs> that but i think like you know not just to be like motivational just keep grinding it out but i do think that right now there's a this kind of amazing opportunity of this like old industry 
that people have figured out like we love restaurants so much or not you know we need them uh we love wine we're really into wine or you know whatever it is is that there's also this like i believe new um stage to kind of build upon and so i'm excited like i have a hot sauce from cafe ultra paradiso that like i I don't know, I would have never, they, they would have never like sold their products before and mm. now they're selling their products Yeah. and me as a consumer, I'm like, hell yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, you know what I mean? Uh, there's, it's there's all these great opportunities and, and I think, um, what will happen ultimately out of like hard times, I'm really excited to see, um, all of our, you know peers like what they figure out i think there's gonna be some really cool shit that comes out of this yeah and i think i think there's a lot better of things it's yeah. like everybody can shake it up now and let's just see what you know see what comes of it and there's gonna be some big big hits that i feel like come out on the other side of this definitely so. definitely i just feel like you know there's a lot of innovation coming from tough situations right yeah. now you know but um you 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 were ahead of the curve, bro. Ah, uh, no, it's no, no. <laughs> funny, man. No, um, we were. I th yeah, that's you know. I we were, we are a very young business still, mm -hmm. uh, and we have so much so much to learn. It's it's super exciting. But we yeah we were we were selling one on the internet pre pandemic. Now thanks to a handful of people that aren't sitting on this couch too, we're selling more wine. Yeah. But, um, and I think doing a, doing a better job of it, and it's exciting to um, to rebuild something, you know that that fuck like it's coming. It'll be interesting. Um, we're just we're about to hit like the one year anniversary of when restaurants first got shut down, and I know I'm gonna go to my favorite spots and try to just do it up. Just fucking do it up, <laughs> right? But you know the it, March and April were terrible times for. Yeah. For everybody, right? Especially in New York, I remember. You remember the energy here was so. Yeah, I became like a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> exactly. Well, like a, um, I can't wait to have kids. Oh I'm just gonna God. preface this, but I am really grateful I don't have children right now. Yo, dude. I, I like bow down to you. <laughs> I yeah, it was. Yeah, that shit was rough. We gonna um, we gonna get into this pairing. We're pairing the Wine and Hip Hop Vino 3-pack with Old Man Wildin' right. by P. Diddy, Jada Kiss, and Styles P. So we're going to pause, we're going to rock out to the music for a second, we're going to be right back. Peace. Tripolar, they going to say that money made me wild. High roller, throw a million dollars in the crowd. Flying through the clouds Only God get high than I in the pilot Couldn't get fly than I Desire got fire in his eyes and his stomach Just wait till you get what you got coming Yo, what up people? You feeling the podcast? Well, log on to wineandhiphop.com right now And click that support the show tab Pick up some merch And try our brand new Wine and Hip Hop Vino 3 pack Every dollar you spend contributes to producing more fire content just like this. Now back to the show. So we are back. We have 
checked out our pairing officially. We rocked out to Old Man Wild like four or five times. Grant was spitting all the lyrics over the break. Yeah. You know, he, next and this beatboxing. Yeah, this exactly. is, when when we go out for karaoke, you know what he's picking. Exactly. <laughs> Why? That would be a dope karaoke song. Jada Kiss for karaoke. <laughs> exactly. But we broke. We we were checking out these pairings and. Um, Today we went with the wine and hip hop Vino three pack. It is a bottle of um, Foyer 2016 uh, Bourgogne Blanc. Uh, we got a bottle of Licata in here and a 2017 Cocard uh, Bourgogne Rouge. And all dope producers. I chose this because on Old Man Wildin' you got uh, P Diddy. You got Jada Kiss and Styles P, two thirds of the locks. You know, like it's not it's not all three locks members, but it's two out of the three. <laughs> and these two members are pretty fucking good, <laughs> you know. And then you throw who you throw Puff in there, who on face value wouldn't like quite fit into this yeah. dynamic in the song. But he fits in seamlessly. Like one of my favorite lines in that record is "Swimming in the dark because the pool got lights." <laughs> just it just he it, he know he paint. I mean, and shout to um, Styles P for writing that because from what I understand, Styles P that. actually right. wrote that. I was like, but, that is a but good. But he did a, he did a damn good job. I remember being on vacation That's a one good time. Puff lyric. I was like, and it's just like yo swimming in. the and then he said some other stuff. Like, I mean, it's a, we going to put the song in the episode, but it's just an amazing song. It's a great represent. And so, like I was saying, it, it's, he doesn't, he's not a member of the locks. He is not the exact same as these guys, but he fit in seamlessly. He was a great addition to it. And that's what I feel like this wine and hip hop, Vino three pack does. Like, you know, I, I, I originally wanted to do all burgundy, but this is the wine and hip hop pack. So we had to splash that like genuine, authentic hip hop, Raekwon, Licata, yeah. right up in there, you know? Oh, come on. Um, but that was why I went with this pairing. It was like, they were all, they were similar, but different, but it still all works very well together. And I think timing wise, it's like a producer like Fourier, who, who I think for me, uh, you know, we did, we wrote something about Fourier recently. I was thinking about it. Fourier is a producer that I think, you know, cause that track was within the last 10 years. Yeah. Right. But Fourier, this one in particular is a producer that's been around for a long time, but I would say in the last 10 years has made exceptional wines right and kind of reinvented themselves and you know has uh come up as being on the short list of the great producers of burgundy mm -hmm. um and so blending you know the stardom of puff with um you know uh, a style that is a little bit more um yeah not as like it's not a poppy track. It's not, yeah. 
you know, a club banger of, uh, of a track, um, but it's still contemporary, it feels like kind of where Fourier would lie. So like, yeah. There's a little bit of stardom in there, but it also for like the classic nerds, it's it also pays exactly. into respect in Ex that way too. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, that's how that's how I felt about that pack. But that's why I, you know, I picked this song. I also felt like this is a song that I would hear at Charlie Bird at some point. That <laughs> you is. Know? That's like that. Like this song gave me. A Grant vibe, you know what I'm saying? I like that—that's what I got I'm from all. I'm like, I right, that, that beat. This makes sense. I think that was what we learned often was, um, and talking about it with Charlie and and uh, Ryan and Robert, we would all talk about like the the music as being sort of like the fifth element of mm. um, of the experience and how the uh often you'd lose the lyrics in a restaurant right but every once in a while you'd hear somebody like tune in and then yeah and they <laughs> catch something and it'd be like oh my god that it's that song yeah <laughs> right because you forget about it but if you can catch that moment where like it's that oh it's that track these guys know what they're doing like yeah. somebody is behind this it's not just a playlist um i feel like this track is that it's not you know it's not 99 problems it's not you know um, yeah. uh, a, a total like hit but for those who are in it know about it and that's how I think we would approach the wine list we're like cool this is what you know we didn't have all the show we had some stars but and paid respects to the classics right. I was thinking about that with champagne like champagne and hip-hop and obviously has a lot of synergies but there's there's like the big houses right and then there's these small producers too and you can't knock like the big houses right it's like right. there's still i don't know drake puts out some good tracks yeah right like <laughs> yeah. you you can't yeah. like you don't always need to listen to the underground stuff too yeah yeah and that's, that's real. to pay respect to that which i think these ones do i think blend yeah. that but yeah this would be a good this would be a good like 7 30 right before things are about to pop off in charlie bird yeah that energy um i miss that a lot but yeah man yeah. No, I can, I can. It it might it might be in a Charlie Bird playlist. It you might be know. in a Charlie Bird playlist. <laughs> I don't know. You never know, man. I don't know. That, that's I dip back into them ever so often. To uh, yeah, you just play. It. Like <laughs> we're talking about listening to albums. You can play play a playlist from Charlie Bird and and uh, reminds you of uh, of certain nights and the way certain things feel. Seriously, it takes you somewhere. Takes you somewhere. <laughs> um, so, for the people at home, how yeah. would you how would you describe these wines? Like, what's um yeah? What are you getting here? I mean, I think this is cool. So, uh, the Fourier Bourgogne Blanc. Fourier is a producer of largely red Burgundy. Yeah. Right. Um, makes a little bit of white, and I think. All the like great producers of red make one 
sometimes two, but one, like one white one, like DRC makes a white, right? Uh, um, of course, uh, Dujac makes a white wine as well. And Fourier like makes um, a white too. And I think for me, this is cool because ultimately like very, usually people are either really, they're like white wine makers right. or they're red wine makers. Um, but for me, I think this Fourier like it's, um, it is still a pretty fantastic white wine that <laughs> is classic burgundy, but there's like a little extra layer to it. It's a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit more like salty and kind of savory. There's a little bitterness to it that is, you're like, this is burgundy, but there's also, you know, a little bit of an edge to it that, um, I really like. It's like, so there's, I love Burgundy. I love white Burgundy. It's by far, you know, my favorite region, but it's good to have something that kind of tastes classic, but has a little bit of, uh, you know, its own edge to it as well. So yeah. this is cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the red, I, you know, you turned me on to this producer, I think, um, when, um, you said, Hey, I want to like, let's check this stuff out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good, man. You know, Bourgogne Rouge from the Cocard Lison Fluoro. Gotta, gotta you guys gotta remember to say yeah. that. Yeah. My, my man, my man Ben said Fluoro. Fluoro. There you go. <laughs> when they hit you with that, <laughs> that nice little tongue twist. Yeah. On <laughs> it's weird. Like for me, it, I'm always like weird saying like these French names because like. You ever hear like people sometimes they just speak regularly and then when they say a wine name they go like like that's not how you speak all the time. <laughs> I, I saw somebody do that on Instagram yesterday and they they said rosé. I'm like rosé rosé is now that's like an English word now. Right. Yeah. But, but he did that rosé and I was like oh. <laughs> like what are you doing? And everything else was you know he had like. A southern accent and then just drop yeah that, the it, heavy friend that that rose yo, i'll tell you no lies i'm okay like, my my french is um pronunciation is medium at best comprehension is <laughs> terrible but you know i think you gotta that's like part of the wine thing that i you know you have to break down it's like we don't need yeah pronounce things yeah well but over pronouncing um you should, you should, I mean, that's just being, dark. it's just like trying to find a way to be yourself. Like I, when I was auctioneering, that was the most difficult thing for me because I had to, first I had to learn it and then I had to find a way to say it the way that I would say it. Are you there know, like classes? I, nah, I just, you got it. I know. just took the book and just kept looking at it for like 24 no, hours I remember, straight. I was in those auctions. <laughs> Step up with the suit. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Yo, I miss those commercial auctions, bro. Like, I, yeah. I still do charity auctions. Okay. But commercial auctions, man. Like, they're fun because there's a structure to it. You yeah. know, it's not like jazz, you know. You, like, com charity auctions, you got to go up there. You singing and dancing. You doing the whole thing. I don't want to do all that all the no. time. I want to come up and have fun when I feel like it. But I can always jump back into that pocket where it's just plow through 50 items real quick and then yeah. 
you can have fun with two or three of them. Maybe have fun with ten of them, but then you jump back and you're just on you a just highway. crank them out. Yeah, I, you know, sitting in those long wine auctions, you get to like have your favorite auctioneers. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, cool. This guy is boring, man. Or this guy just he takes too long. He's got a like the hammer has to go quicker. Those wine auctions can be some of them can be like ruckus. Yeah, and then other times you're just it's work yeah. right I remember the first wine auction I went to I went with uh, it was at Maria and I went with uh, Ned Benedict rest in peace and um, and Robert and um, I went and I was like this is going to be the most fun shit I was like I told my girlfriend at the time I was like I'm going to a wine auction it's 10 <laughs> o'clock and I was like I think it was 25 and I was like I'm going to it is going to pop off like I'm gonna be I'm coming home I'm gonna be lit I'm gonna drink all this crazy stuff we went and it was like work I was like oh my god this is <laughs> feel like a serious <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I you know I got I was there was wine getting passed around whatever and I got like a little thirsty etc but then you start to go to them and it's like it's real work but I will say when when you'd pop up in the auctions I was like all right we're appreciate okay. at least you know there's <laughs> Yeah, no, that that always bugs me out. Like, I like something like this. Like, I would say Domaine Cocard, Fluoro, <laughs> you know. But like, when when people come with that little bullshit, like trying to switch it up and speak French, it's just it's just yeah. annoying. And then the every once in a while, you get the person who tries to do to to do the uh, Spanish lisp. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're like chorizo. Yeah. Right? Like, All right, man. Like it's chorizo. Yeah. We're, 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 we're good here. You're you're from Iowa, and I respect that you you spend time in Spain. Sorry. Yeah. We, I don't. We don't mean that. No hate shots. You. No, no shots. Sh- no no shots, one. No one direct. <laughs> no. But yeah. I like you know. I think what. In thinking about these wines, and we should get into the Lakata now too, mm-hmm. which is cool. Is for me, these are wines that you can like nerd out on and take really seriously, or um, you can just have empty glasses pretty quick <laughs> by just hanging out yeah. um, with a homie, just just chatting too. Like you know, this is dope like, to. The goal is to just have this as my in the crib wine. I'm like yeah. you come over, we pop in a bottle. Is what we're popping. And you're like, I love that effect of where somebody, you know, you just pour them a glass of wine, and they might just think like, oh, he just poured me a glass of red. But yeah. it, they taste it and it catches them. Like, oh, yeah. even if they don't know about wine, and I do believe this. I was on a call uh, the other day with this this uh this guy who um brilliant young designer and he like immediately who's talking about a wine project with uh with somebody and he's the designer so he's gonna do like all the marketing and the label and whatever and and i got connected through him for for a celebrity and and he said to me um he said hey i just want to be really direct right now i think that all wine tastes the same (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate you like saying effectively like, I don't like wine. And I was yeah. like, cool, you don't need to like wine. What you need to 
that's okay with me, whatever. But I do believe that what I did say is like, well, unfortunately, you've never been served a good glass of wine because mm. no matter what, right? Like, and I do believe this. People do these like taste tests of Trader Joe's versus like a hundred dollar bottle of wine, and I'm convinced that they're just serving the wrong hundred dollar bottle of wine. But mm. at the end of the day, like wines like this you taste them and you're like cool that's just a better tasting thing right yeah the chicken's not dry it's a really juicy delicious piece of chicken you're gonna notice that no matter whether you're a chicken expert or not like (laughs) it's either delicious or not it's either delicious or not and and i think these are wines like you're around you just pour from somebody um it catches their attention and like shit that's very true that's, that's the good stuff and then you got this licata which is like this thing you know that's that's the ferrari of lambrusco you I like know. that <laughs> <laughs> literally i mean lambrusco was the first um wine that i got into that was like a different wine oh word? wow for me I, I you know was working in an italian restaurant um and when I was like 21 and you just, you go through the reps, right? You're like, yeah. you got Chianti, you got Pinot Grigio, you got, you know, just the classics. And then Lambrusco, somebody came around and like poured us a taste of Lambrusco. I was like, oh, wine can be a little bit different. Mm. And so I was, I repped Lambrusco hard. I was like, cool, mm. I'm going to be the young kid that's like, you ask for a glass of Chianti, you want a glass of sparkling red wine instead. Mm. And I piss some people off. <laughs> Let me try that. <laughs> Let me try that. But you get psyched about it and tasting this, it's been a little bit since since I've had um, had it. It's 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 cool. It's yeah, delicious. Man. This this is um, you know, it's a special wine, so give the audience a little bit of background. Kata is a sparkling um, super lambrusco. It's actually not quite uh, Lambrusco because it falls outside of DOC rules. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, so super Lambrusco, you know. But um, yeah, man, this is this is a, a wine brought to you guys by Raekwon the chef. Man, Ray went to Italy um, with you know a group of fun people <laughs> <laughs> and came back with this wine man it was it was like a, a ill experience to just see him in the vineyards like he was obsessed with quality everything was about like i want to touch the hands of the growers okay let me see how it's grown let me see where you guys are bottling this stuff how are you going to bottle my shit like he had all these questions and um you know cantina cheche who uh produces the wine oh, cool. They um, have a very strict um, harvest process. They, you know, they're very selective with the grapes that they're choosing. Um, aside from that, you know, every bottle is also like hand inspected on when it's after it's bottled. These are actually, um, yeah, after they come off the line, there's probably like eight people checking every single bottle, making sure there's no scratches, blemishing, anything like that. The the um, <clears throat> The uh, the top, the velvet top is actually done by hand as well, you know. So it really is um, 
something quality was something that he was obsessed with but you know the juice had to be right and um that's where like you know michael and i came in michael was really influential with um with the structure okay. you know like they had a this is a proprietary recipe that we developed with them it wasn't oh, cool. something that they already had like mike went in he was like okay can we get a little bit more rs can we you know, tick the bubbles up a little bit more. Yeah. Can we extend the maceration period, you know, so we can draw more richness from the yeah, skins, yeah. give it a much deeper purple color, a la Raekwon purple tape, you know, yeah. that that was big um, for us. But, you know, it was a labor of love, man. Like he That's really cool. put everything into making this a good product. But, you know, Ray came in with the flavor profile that he wanted. We just kind of helped him to figure out how to get there yeah. you know no i um, love hearing that like you it's it's always uh, inspiring to me to see people who are artists ultimately right and who understand like their uh craft and their process from start to finish right yeah. and that's what makes them great is they can hear a track and understand everything that um other people might just listen to but not understand all the details of right? yeah. all the ingredients to them you see the, these people apply that to other fields and respect it right you know um like i don't know i watched a video recently of kanye like uh looking at this uh architecture right and oh, you yeah. see the mind like how it relates to you know uh great producer right building something mm -hmm. applying that same like respect and logic to uh architecture right yeah. and all those details and what that looks like so it's cool to hear and you can sort of imagine someone who like might not know about the process of one but want to know like okay cool how are we gonna exactly you know build this in the same way that you would build a track or build an album and yeah. you know apply that seriously yo the whole that thing genius. was like putting together a wu-tang album like like <laughs> like watching him do this it, it sounded like a wu-tang skit at certain parts like yeah. when he was talking about the velvet top and shit yeah. originally he wanted the cork to be velvet but you know yeah. that wouldn't work <laughs> but you know we got a, a velvet top but when he was talking about the cork he originally wanted like a, a, a foil top and when you peel it off you find like a velvet cork like yeah. that's originally what he wanted but um you know the the wallaby skit with um it's like ray and ghostface and they were talking about dyeing different color wallabies no um it there was this skit <laughs> it sounded exactly like that he's like well they don't even know you got the blue and cream joints like that's, yeah. how, the, that's how the skit went but he was like what about if you open it up and then it's purple like that was that was his whole that was his whole thing man he's a interesting guy but you know just so you guys know it's a great value um definitely want to check check him out hit my man grant up at parcel go pick some of these joints up you can pick them up on their own or pick the whole pack up whatever you want to do um yeah man this is dope i think we um Good stuff we got a little oh you know what i did want to ask you actually yeah. i want to ask you this in, in the early part of the interview yeah um if you could have a glass of wine any artist dead or alive 
who you who you drinking with? I mean, I gotta, I gotta say Tupac. Just mm. the the how brilliant and how you know uh, inspiring he is as a person. You know, to obviously had his struggles, but you hear, um, I like I watch I I watch like Tupac videos, Muhammad Ali videos. Mm. You know, of these people who. Um, were credited as being like Muhammad Ali is a boxer, right? But he's like a brilliant speaker and poet yeah. and just mind to where I feel like you could um, talk to Tupac about, of course, like his songs, but also just about life and philosophy and go, yeah, you know, and definitely. go deep and i'm sure he's got some fun stories and crazy nights and things <laughs> like that to like keep it colorful but then you know for me i love the idea of being able to like transition a conversation and also just living a life of where you can go out and have fun and party but when you you know you want to bring bring it close to to your friends and talk about real stuff and dig deep and get personal and, and things like that. So like if I could get a night with Tupac to really like just see where it went, mm. drink a bunch of wine, um, I feel like it would be a night on the town with Pac, man. Uh, and that, then that, afterwards, that. after the wine, go have a crazy go. To, like, <laughs> yeah, man. Go Yo, party proper. Actually, I feel like you know would what? Be, did, would what, be a good time. Did, what? Which club did we go? We were in that um that Carmelo Anthony party. Remember that? Yeah, that was sick. That was a good time. <laughs> I'm like, when did I see Grant in a club? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, that was, was good. Swiss Car Beats Car DJ. Swiss Beats. <laughs> Mellow, Don Perignon. Yeah, that, right? was, that was me, man. Oh, yeah. Fat Joe just chilling in the corner. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Fat good. Joe. <laughs> I was at a party. One, this was after the uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. And uh, in Vegas. And I went out there with uh, a great friend. A guy who's become a really good friend. Um, who's a serious blackjack player. Mm. And my birthday, I think that fight was on the, might have been on like May 3rd. My birthday is May 1st. And uh, he called me like, whatever, April 30th. He was like, you know, and everybody at that time was like, it was like impossible to get tickets to the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. And But there was all this chatter over it. And he called me, he's like, hey, I got tickets. We're flying out tomorrow and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> this is like this is like way too cool of a thing to be doing than what I deserve to right. be doing right now. And I and I called my girlfriend and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, but like um, <laughs> it's my birthday weekend. I'm I hope you didn't have anything planned. If you didn't, like I'm doing you a favor because I'm getting out of town. Uh, if you did, I'm sorry. Like um I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of town. I'm, I'm going. And we went and then I ended up at um, a party afterwards, and we were, it was like with this whole, the whole Rock Nation crew, um, and we were at a party at Marquis, and I was standing there, and 
I think like that Carmelo Anthony moment, I sat there and uh, Mario Carbone, the chef, was standing next to me and in front of us it was like Jay and Beyonce and fucking all these like amazing people. And I was standing there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who am like, I am not, I am not meant to be here. This is like, I'm out of my league. And I was like, somebody handed me a cigar and I was like, what is going on? And I looked over at Mario and he's like, not bad for a couple of restaurant kids, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, and I was like, this is crazy. He's like, let's just enjoy it because this is one of those nights. And I don't know, that's the beauty of living in New York. Every once in a while, you never know. Like, yeah, you, you might, might get hit up. You might get a call to fly out to Vegas the next day. But you know what? That's the wine industry, Being a though. That's, that, the, wine that's the wine industry, man. Yo, I've been on freaking flights from Hong Kong to Macau, like hell by helicopter. Yeah, like rent some random shit. Like, yo, what are you doing tonight? Yo, we just going to Macau for the night. Yeah, yeah we'll have you back in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'll roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you always have to say no. yes. Like, you gotta, you never know what it'll turn fucking into. Fucking walking out of clubs in Hong Kong at like 8 o'clock in the morning, like, not even, like, that, way past the way time past. that you should be out. Like, way you walking past. out, there's people that are going to work. You feel like a total degenerate. But that's the wine industry for you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, thank you so much for, thank for you, joining man. us. So thank you for inviting me to the crib. For sure. The wines all show well. It was a great pairing. It's good you time, know, man. appreciate you, man. Good time. We got some wine to drink. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. Peace. Thank you. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.